welcome to the Fresh Expressions Podcast Season 3. I'm your host, Heather Jalad. I'm a local church pastor and a cultivator of Fresh Expressions, new faith communities that strive to reach new people in unexpected places. In Season 3, we're opening our archive of a decade of useful training materials and sharing some of the talks and workshops that have inspired us over the years. This season is brought to you by FX Connect. FX Connect is an online community of church leaders who are reaching new people in new places and where you can find an entire library of practical and inspiring training materials. You can register for free today at fxconnectus.org. Hey, we are back. Today's episode features Chris Becker. Yes, she is so awesome that we have a second episode featuring a talk that she gave uh, this season. In this episode, she talks about starting young adult fresh expressions. Now, uh, I know this will be near and dear to to, to many of you. Uh, Chris has an MDiv from Wesley Theological Seminary in DC. She has served in Baptist, United Methodist, and Nazarene churches. She is currently the lead pastor of Table Life Church in the great state of Pennsylvania. And in this episode, she will talk about the what, why, and how of starting Young Adult Fresh Expressions. Um, Young adults happen to be some of my favorite people. Uh, in so many ways, I think they're they're so real, and yet they are disappearing from our churches. Fewer and fewer young adults um, are inside our churches. There are more and more outside the church. Uh, Chris really, again, like so many of our other speakers, lifts up the significance of creating spaces for uh, relationships to develop and form over time, to take the time in relationships. Um, and ask a, a poignant question that I think she was repeating from another one of our, our trainers is that can our relationships bear the weight of the gospel? Can our relationships bear the weight of the gospel? And, and really what is uh, revealed in that question is that we often don't take the time to deeply form our relationships so that they might bear the weight of the gospel and really the time that it takes for those things to happen. So uh, listen in on this talk from Chris Becker. She is a trainer and mission strategist on the Fresh Expressions training team and has so much gold to share with us today in this talk. Enjoy. Looking at a couple questions, and I know the issue of young adults is a big thing in the church because there's, you know, a lot of churches don't have them or don't have many. And the question is why? What is it that is making young adults not want to be a part of church? And how do fresh expressions step into the picture and um, really access this group of unchurched, dechurched, uh, those that have grown up in the church and turned away? How do we use fresh expressions as a means of connecting better with, with this group? And um, so I want to cover basically three main questions, the what, the why, and the how. How do we approach this? And um, as we kind of near the, time, the end of our time together, I have a little worksheet that 
Um, I want to make this interactive, and I want you to think about your own context and what this looks like for you as far as who these young adults are. Um, so just a little, a little background on me. So my name is Chris Beckert, and um, I uh, grew up in the Catholic Church, and it was a big part of my life, but um, a personal relationship with Christ wasn't really there. And um, though we prayed as a family, um, I never went to youth group, so the whole youth group concept is just totally like crazy to me. And, um, and it wasn't until um, after college um, when I moved to, um, to the Eastern Shore of Maryland was when I really um, was engaged with what um, a church could be and then also what a relationship with Christ could be. And it was there that I was actually working in the field of environmental science. So I have a master's in environmental and marine biology. Got to do a lot of cool stuff out on boats and water sampling, um, but it wasn't what God really wanted for me, so he called me into ministry. You know, go figure. Um, uh, Al was talking about the disturbance of the spirit, so I get that. I know what, it happen what happens when you listen and when you kind of take that leap of faith. So um, at that time, I was also part of a, a church plant that was started on the Eastern Shore, and that was my first ministry experience. So I consider myself the unchurched pastor. Um, because I, as, as um, some folks have quite kind of mentioned, I don't know a lot of the hymns. I still don't. I'm trying to learn different churchy things. I walk into a lot of these church buildings and I still feel like it's a foreign world to me. And, and Chris Backert, who we share a very similar name, we're not married, just weird thing that God kind of worked out. But, um, but I talked to him about it and he's like, that's what we want as far as fresh expressions. Like that's, you have the eyes to see what folks that have been brought up in the church and that are surrounded by the church world, uh, what they don't experience. So um, my first ministry experience, church plant, kind of working with unchurched people, people just off the street, um, and then felt a call to seminary, um, went to uh, Wesley Theological Seminary in DC, and then served at a, um, a large Methodist congregation in um, Northern Virginia over in um, uh, Herndon, Herndon United Methodist Church. So I served there for two years, and then last June actually went back to the Eastern Shore, back to Real Life Chapel, the church plant that I started in, and part of my role is a missionary there, a pastoral missionary. So I work um, as an associate pastor, and I'm also looking towards starting a fresh expression of church, which is currently being formed right now um, with young adults, and I've started um, first in Virginia, I started a young adult ministry, a young adult group um, as part of that church, and I've done the same um, in on the Eastern Shore that meets in my house uh, every Monday night, and it's very cool, and I'll share a little bit of some of those stories. Um, and then I'm also working with a team from four other denominations and four other churches to get this, this brand new fresh expression off the ground called Crossfire. And um, my context over there is a lot different than Northern Virginia because it's uh, mainly rural. We have a lot of farmers, watermen. Um, a lot of the kids that grow up there and graduate high school don't go to college, or if they do, they go to their local community college. Um, and a lot turn to family businesses, and so it's a little bit of a different different dynamic. Um, but I love I love young adults. Um, you know, I. I consider myself um, still a young adult or still a, a teenager in heart and mind and sometimes in spirit, but I love working with them and just, just the realness that you get, that you don't get with a lot of um, older people or more seasoned people. So, 
<coughs> so that's kind of like my passion area and where I started. And um, I, I felt called to really reaching out to this generation that um, I sense a lot of emptiness in and a lot of searching and a lot of um, messiness in the midst of transition. I guess those would be the three things that I see are, are the greatest needs. Um, and isolation, um, even in the midst of all Facebook, Twitter, so many social media and, and ways to connect, there's a sense of being isolated and being on islands, not being able to connect. And I see Christ as the answer to all those questions, as meeting people where they are, and as well as their needs, but also connecting them to one another. Um, so not just the relationship with God, but the relationship with community. So that's just a little tidbit of, of my story. And, and so this Monday night group is, is really awesome. Um, I, I love my, my kids, some, uh, ranging from 18 to 32. Um, single, married, dating, figuring life out. Um, one who's a teacher, one who's an occupational therapist, one that works with his hands all the time, he's a mechanic, another four that are at the community college, one that's a nurse, um, a couple of other guys that are car carpenters um, or tradesmen, um, a couple of girls that um, work at PetSmart. And so there's this unique combination and you would never have brought the occupational therapist to be great friends with um, the mechanic. And I see that as being evidence of the body of Christ that's, that's being put together. So, um, so the question, first one, the what? what? Young adults are falling away from church. And that's, that's a fact. Um, did some study on uh, Pew Research, and I'm sure many of us can look around at the majority of churches, even in this region, beyond, that there's more young adults outside the church than there are inside the church. Um, Statistics show one in four um, age 18 to 29 year olds say that they are unaffiliated with any religion. One in four. And that's just, they're unaffiliated with anything, not even claiming to be Christian and not having that personal relationship with Christ. 52% um, are completely unchurched. So 52% of our neighbors, friends that we go to school with, those in our workplaces, those that we go out to dinner and are waited on by, 52% are, have no church experience, like, like Al was sharing about that, that woman that mentioned about this weird guy with the hat. It's a foreign land. So, um, and I, mean, I have friends that I've, I'm a big time runner, and I have friends I run with that no matter how many times I invite them to church, they're not gonna come. And if they did, they would probably be scared off, even with a very contemporary church that we are. I mean, we play rock music, we wear jeans. Um, the message is, it's called Real Life Chapel for a reason, so we preach and teach just kind of straight up. Um, but there's some people that that will never connect with. And, and as much as I want to share that with them, and I think it's really cool, it's never going to connect with them. So how do we build that? How do we connect with, with this 52% that's unchurched, plus the remaining that have gone to church and somewhere in their young adult lives have, have taken that step back. Um, another statistic, one in four attend church at least once a month. One in four, once a month. So that means there's three out of four that they, they maybe attend 
church sporadically or, or never at all. Um, and also, if I know youth group is a, is a great thing, but 60% of those that are youth group, were youth group attendees drop out in their 20s. So it's over half of your youth group that once they graduate youth group, once they graduate high school, never step back into it. Um, what will say, I don't feel like I fit in. I never really experienced church. Um, I went to youth group for the fun and games, but, but never really developed that faith. And um, another interesting thing that, that's kind of framed how I do ministry is that when people, when um, there was a survey done that asked people how, what makes their faith grow, and this is, this is kind of astounding, but when people were asked on the street what makes their faith grow, church did not make the top 10 at all. Their top 10 included prayer, family and friends, reading the Bible, having children, and their personal relationship with Jesus. So church being the community or participation in a congregation didn't even rank in any of the top 10. So, so there's this, this idea that I can have a personal relationship with Christ, and maybe I was introduced to Christ in, as a teenager, but that I can do it without any gathering, that I can do it by myself. If I want to read the Bible, I'll read the Bible. If I don't want Jesus to talk to me today because I want to go do whatever I want to do, that's okay too. I can pick and choose. It's kind of like a buffet. So, so where have you witnessed this? Does this, does this resonate with you? Do you have friends, people in your communities even, um, even maybe even attached to your church that just they're there, but they're not really? And, and it's just, I think it's this, this digging question is, well, what is it? How do we connect with these folks if inviting them to Sunday worship isn't going to do it or Tuesday night worship or a prayer meeting? Um, well, I think the first thing that we need to look at of all is scripture. And, um, and I don't know about you, but I was, I've been reading through the book of John and actually I've been kind of writing a daily devotional uh, for kind of through Easter um, on the book of John. And um, John 1 just really like stood out at me as I was praying about what, what to say as far as, as fresh expressions and young adults go. And what really stood out to me are the people that Jesus calls initially. And so in, in John 1, um, uh, Jesus is going about walking around. He's, he's met John the Baptist. Um, Jesus is or John has identified Jesus, pointed him out to the people. And, and it's interesting because it says the following day as John was standing with two of his disciples, Jesus walked by. John looked at him intently and then declared, see, there's the Lamb of God. Then John's two disciples turned and followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them and said, what, did you, what do you want? He asked them. Sir, they replied, where do you live? Come and see, he said. So they went with him to the place that he was staying and were about with him from four o'clock that afternoon into the evening. One of these men was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Then Andrew went to find his brother, his brother Peter, and told him, we have found the Messiah. And he brought Peter to meet Jesus. Jesus looked intently at Peter for a moment and said, you are Simon, son, John's son, but you shall be called Peter the Rock. And the next day Jesus went to Galilee. He found Philip and told him, come with me. Philip now went off to look for Nathanael and told him, we have found the Messiah, the very person Moses and the prophets told about. His name is Jesus, the son of, Na the son of Joseph from Nazareth. And then it goes on that story. Uh, Nathanael said, can anything good come from Nazareth? But I see these guys, they're all young adults. Every single one of them. 
Most likely they were all in their 20s or late teens. They were working, they were at work, doing what they do, or hanging out, or looking for a place to go. Do you see the, the first question that's asked is, sir, where do you live? And Jesus says, come and see. He takes him with him. And they're there from 4 o'clock in the afternoon until the evening. And I, I think about our young adult group that begins at 6.30, and people are there till midnight. And, yeah, I'm pretty tired at the end of Mondays, and I'm like, oh, you know, I just want them to go home at first. But, but then it's like people are, being, are longing for that community connection. So in the scripture, I, I see both of those things, that, that Jesus has a special affinity or a special desire to be around young adults because there's a sense of life, there's a sense of experience, there's a sense of need, and as well as being invitational and opening yourself up. Jesus could have said, hey, you know, I don't have time now, or, you know, come follow me, we'll go someplace else. But he said, I'm, use my house. You know, there's that debate whether Jesus ha had a place to live or not, but, but whether he did or not, he invites them somewhere, and he spends time with them. And I think um, J.R. Briggs um, once, once told me uh, this, this idea of relationship. Your relationship needs to be as strong or needs to be strong enough to bear the weight of the gospel. So before we can share anything about Jesus, we have to build into that relationship. We have to build into the time that's being spent. We have to build into where people are. We can't just go up to somebody and say, hey, you're just going to come. I don't you know, barely know your name, but I want you to come with me. These were guys that knew one another. And once one knew Jesus, the others wanted to invite. So, so now that I've kind of explained a bit, a bit of the what, I want to go on to the why. And, and I think a big part of it is that um, in, in normal church or the church as we know it, we, we think that just being cool or relevant um, in the way that we do things is, is going to bring, bring young adults in. And, and, but I think that, it, that, needs, that relevance needs to be like put on its head because we need relevance, I think, number one in relationships. So for example, there's a gal named Kate that's part of our young adult ministry. And Kate's from Chicago, but she's living with her grandparents, um, has this young life high, she loves young life. Not quite sure if she really, really knows Jesus, but she's really excited about it and loves the community there. Um, but she's going to community college now um, over where I live and living with her grandparents. Um, she came by herself, no friends, just two grandparents that she doesn't want to stay in the house all the time. So what does she do? Well, first they invited her to talk to me and I'm like, you know, come on over to my house Monday nights, come hang out with a group of us. You know, you can, we have food, we have fellowship, you know, we, we, we do all sorts of fun stuff. We play a lot of games, we go bowling, we go to see movies. Um, so Kate started to come on a regular basis and just really searching for that community. And um, it's kind of cool because just this past, or two weeks ago, she started to invite this friend of hers named Francesca. And Francesca grew up in church, but disconnected now. She's 20 years old, and she's working as a nurse, uh, uh, I guess a CMA or wh whatever that, that nursing position is. And she has 
the story that I hear over and over is just that disconnected from other people her age. Yeah, there's people she knew from high school. There's people here that invite her to great parties where you can get trashed, but there's no sense of deep relationships. So Kate says, hey, Francesca, come and join me. Come and hang out with this group. Um, yeah, I mean, they're like, you know, a group of young adults. Like, we, we'll, we might pray and do stuff, but, but come on over. Well, just this week, so two weeks later, I get, um, I was talking to, to Gannon and Sims earlier, um, I get blasted with text messages, just questions about who Jesus is. And, and this was, God was uh, totally ahead of me because I didn't expect two weeks later to have this, this openness. But I think um, in most young adults, there's some kind of spiritual quest, some quest for meaning. And, and I think part of our ministry, part of our job as ministering to this, this group is connecting that meaning to maybe not all of the answers, because I certainly don't have them, but connecting them to the person that can supply that peace, that can supply everything that they need despite of their circumstance. So, so the why. It's not about being cool. It's not about, I, I don't think I'm cool, actually. <laughs> I think I'm pretty dorky to begin with. You know, I do like crazy things. You know, people say, you think too much. You like to read this and go here and yeah, you're not, you know, you run and do, and do that stuff. But um, it's being who you are. It's reaching out to people that you see the need of Jesus in their lives um, and being willing to step into those relationships. Um, both Kate and Francesca are so different than me, but that doesn't stop me from initiating those relationships or just saying, let's just get together for coffee. Tell me about life. Tell me about work. What's going on? I care. And I want to spend that time with you. So I think being relevant in relationships um, and then also being relevant in impacting all of life. Um, and I think there's a, there's a tendency for, for you know, us, us in, the, in the church world to kind of compartmentalize things. What you do on Sunday morning doesn't affect Monday morning. It doesn't affect Tuesday. It doesn't affect Wednesday. Whereas when you can get when you can communicate that what, what you're learning in the person of Jesus, um, what you're learning in, in God's presence, it's he's with you on Wednesday. He's with you on Thursday when you had that really rough meeting. You know, the, I asked the, the young adults a simple question. Where, do you see, where did you see God this week? Sometimes using God is um, the word God is almost an, uh, uh, an entry point over over Jesus at first before you take that step. So, so seeing that impact for all of life. Um, and I think besides being relevant relationships, um, relevant in impacting all of life, is, is this idea of impacting work. And that's why I'm really excited about this, this thing about faith at work that, that'll be shared here. Um, but that, that your faith or it's going to matter in what you do at work, where you go, how you act. Um, the, the people at work, they're your, your coworkers, they're, they're people too. And showing that you can see God in all these places, sometimes that just needs to be realized. And so I think, um, I, I, know, I know some of you are involved with, um, on staff at, at a church or involved in different ministries. Um, but I think those, those places are starting points. Um, I, I teach a class, a biology class at a community college. I love it. I think it's, it's awesome. I love my students. And 
I realize so many deep needs. Every other day I get an email to say, um, my mom has cancer, can you pray for me? Um, my, uh, I'm a single mom, you know, um, I had students fill out like little cards to tell me about themselves, but yeah, single mom, um, both my kids are sick, I can't come tonight. Um, this person uh, just got into a car accident. Just all these things going on. And, and as, a, as a professor, I need to be you know, careful about what, how I communicate things, but if, things, if people ask me. But I think we have so many people where we are that are in need of those things. And sometimes it is just, do you wanna go for coffee to talk about that? Do you wanna, why don't you come over for dinner? I'm gonna invite a bunch of people over for dinner and we're just gonna hang out and play video games. Developing those relationships and ties and seeing what God does in the midst of it. Um, so from the why to the how, how do we do this? Um, well, I think, I think starting out with of course, the relationships, but I think fun is a big part. Um, we don't have a lot of fun, uh, and, and the folks I know who are these isolated islands, all they were doing was going to work, going home, going to work, going home, going to work, going, you know, watching a movie. Um, but to have something good to go to, not making it all about fun, that's not your end goal, but it's kind of like that, that starting point, because when we're having fun, we're all the same. We're all laughing. We're all smiling. We're all making jokes. Um, and those have been the connection points, for me at least, that have led to discussions, have led to saying, do you want to meet every Monday night? Would that be OK? I mean, um, a lot of young adults eat alone, which is the truth. Um, so why don't you come over? You know, we'll make pasta, or somebody wants to bring shepherd's pie one week, or learn how to cook. You know, experiment. Go ahead. You know, we'll, we'll taste test for you. Um, so, and that's kind of how things have evolved, is developing those relationships, um, uh, taking the time to do that, but then bringing people together. And, and sometimes you have to facilitate that. You have to step out of your comfort zone to provide the, the um, time and the opportunities for that to happen, to open up your house or apartment, however big or small it might be, or go to a park or a, a Chick-fil-A is one of my favorite places. Everybody likes Chick-fil-A. And, and just to experiment, to take that time to say, hey, let's just meet up as a group. Um, one, thing, one thing that we're starting as far as our Crossfire ministry is uh, Saturday night game nights at Chick-fil-A. Simple, kind of non-churchy type thing. Um, basically, I talked to the Chick-fil-A manager, and they were like more than happy. Saturday night is a dead time for, for fast food. So they're like, yeah, just use the back section of our, you know, of our restaurant. You can hang out, bring your games for a couple hours, invite people. They can come, go as they please. We'll play apples to apples, cranium, uh, uh, something that's an alternative to what most young adults do in my area, or, you know, drink or get higher on heroin. Those are the two most popular activities. So, so just offering those opportunities to connect, um, developing those relationships, that's the biggest place of, of investment. Um, and I think that's where fresh expressions come in because I think each of us here <coughs> has a certain, a certain kind of young adult that we might feel called to or connected to. And um, I know Chris in the, the interview that was done about the gaming grotto, he shared how he, he's not a gamer, you know, he, he just felt this burden to start this. And I think that happens 
I think God stretches us out of our comfort zone. Um, and, I, and I also think that there's times when, you know, I love to run. You know, why don't I just gather up a group of people, see, you know, run, go out for, for breakfast afterwards or lunch, um, and, and, you know, then offer other opportunities to say, hey, you know, why don't we just share around the table what, what's going on and what was one thing that good that, that happened this week, what was one thing bad? And sometimes through those open tables is where God shows up too. So um, I think one, one thing as part of the how-to is, is not manufacturing. Um, uh, a good example recently was there's this awesome group. I love these guys. They're called Executive Ministries um, on the Eastern Shore. Basically a bunch of businessmen, uh, Christian businessmen, come together for prayer and um, and they also financially support a lot of activities and, and such. Well, they had this awesome idea, which I thought was, was good, but their, their um, aim was, was a little off, I, I believe, was um, the Son of God movie came out not too long ago. Um, and so their idea was to buy this whole movie theater, basically sell out a show, and give away the tickets to youth and young adults. And so, you know, <clears throat> the one guy contacted me, I said, I'll take movie tickets. How many do you want? 30, sure. I'll, you know, free, yes. Um, and, and so I took the tickets and then started to ask people that I was connected to, you know, who'd been coming on Monday nights to say, okay, you know, I'll give you two, bring a friend. Well, we had three friends get brought out of those 30. Most people wanted, I want to go, you know, and I think that's good. You know, those that are already following Jesus, they want to learn more about him and, and see if, if, uh, Hollywood does a good job to, to line that up. But there was this hesitancy to say, I'm not sure if I want to invite a friend to a God, son, the Son of God movie. It's kind of like overt, right? You can't like hide that and say, oops, you know, we didn't know we were going to go see Jesus, you know. Um, so we had, it was a great turnout, great event. We had giveaways. We gave away an Xbox and, and all sorts of stuff. Um, but I left there. And, and I was thinking about this, this one guy who had come, who was a friend of mine, and he wound up sleeping the second half of the movie. Um, and as he was dozing off, and he was sitting next to me, so I'm, I'm ready to give like the elbow and be like, no, but you know, I invited him, no, he's probably just, just tired. But I sat there for a second watching the movie, wondering what is this looking like through his eyes? He's completely unchurched, never attended church a day in his life, Great guy, really friendly. He's a, he's a run a triathlete, and and he's seeing these these stories and this guy walking across the desert and and I'm looking at it and I'm like, if I were him, this wouldn't even make sense, right? Then all of a sudden he's being put up on a cross and the people are crying and then all of a sudden boom at the end you know people the theater is cheering. I can imagine like sitting there. Why are people cheering? I don't. It's a story. It's just. And it doesn't even make sense the way that it was put together. So sometimes we try to manufacture things, thinking that it's it's cool that you know I'm gonna I'm gonna lead somebody in this direction and and just put these things out right in front of them. Um, but we need to start where they are, and that might be just getting in community. That might be just having an open house. That might be asking somebody, what is re what's really going on with that relationship with you and so-and-so? I saw, saw you guys arguing the other day. Um, sometimes it's just being available and saying to that person, I care. I care enough to listen. 
Um, and in my experience, sometimes those conversations that make it to God happen, or to say, hey, you know, why don't you join us? And I know, you know, you might not understand this Bible study we're, we're, or this um, scripture we're reading or whatever, but just come on, listen. It's a good, it's a good time to, to hang out with some other people. Um, maybe it's just connecting with them first and, and sharing how a fresh expression might not, of church might not look like what they're expecting. Um, so I think next couple minutes, um, I'd like to ask you, so think for a second, your starting point. And I'm not sure if, if you're feeling called that, you know, to start a fresh expression of, of young adult ministry, or you're involved with the young adult ministry right now, and you're thinking, you know, how do, I, how do we reach out to, to all these folks that I'm seeing out there? What is it that I might do to, to connect better? I think that the best place to start is identifying what a young adult looks like in your context, because they're all different. I mean, we have some folks from Fredericksburg and here in Alexandria, Eastern Shore, um, Danville. These are all going to be so, so different. And, and I, when I moved from Northern Virginia to Eastern Shore, um, I thought at first maybe I would do the same thing that I did um, in Northern Virginia. Eh, wrong. Not a good idea because these were not, like I said, the, the folks that I was working with in Northern Virginia, all college educated, all pro young professionals. Um, these folks weren't. They were different. They had different needs, different personalities. So, so I'd like everybody to think for a second. I have a little sheet here. And if we can take just about like five minutes. Um, if you can't fill all this out, that's okay. But what does a young adult in blank, so fill in your town, your city, your location, what does a young adult look like in that context? Um, and I'd like you to be creative for a minute. So pick a name for that person. Um, it might be somebody that you know, a daughter, a friend, um, the waitress that you're really familiar with. Um, where does he or she live? Where did he or she grow up? Um, are they from there? I know some times in DC, nobody's from here. They're always from someplace else and kind of transient. Where are they from? During the day, he or she, what do they do? What's a primary job? Do they waitress? Do they go to school? Um, are they in law? Are they in, in the medical field? Um, on the weekends, he or she, what do they do? Um, answer to that for, for the folks that I'm working with. Um, three options, go to the bar, uh, shoot up heroin, or stay home and do nothing. Um, the mo things most important in life, what are they? Um, where do they find meaning, purpose? What's missing? Is it that community? Is it finding their way in life? Is it older people in their lives? They don't have a mother or father or an adult. Um, and then I think the last two questions you might be able to answer um, either yourself or maybe you're, you might be in prayer about uh, who do you know that can speak into some, this person's life that you're, that you're creating here. Um, it might be you, it might not. It might be somebody in your church. It might be somebody that you're working with in that ministry. 
It might be a teacher. It might be a coworker. And what, does, what is a possible young adult fresh expression of church? So just think for, for a few minutes. And whatever person that you, you kind of create here, um, don't try to make them be everything. Because I know in the, especially like a city, we have the tendency that, you know, there's this young adult group that these, these folks are all sports. You have these folks that are professionals. You have these folks that are in service industries. Sometimes we have to choose one. Um, so what does this person look like?
So, so from this exercise or kind of some of the things that I've shared, um, what, what questions do you have? Or was there anything that walking through some of these that kind of stood out to you or that might be a direction that you sense the Spirit's leading? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and there's a, um, yeah, one of the things that, that I've wrestled with a lot is the transiency. Because I've already had like three people move or get jobs or, um, so I think that's part of the turf is, is being open to that, that um, uh, there, there's this constant kind of, kind of cycle and, and it might not be long, long-term relationships. Um, but it also doesn't mean that we just, you know, abandon, abandon that altogether. But I think you're right, um, and that's that's why I think asking questions like this, like for me, um, like, like you said, as far as you know, single, married, whatever. I was concentrating mainly on the single young adults because those were the ones that um, I, I started to connect with, and, and I saw such a need. So that became my focus. The other, the ones that that started to come. And, and want to be a part of this, uh, who were married or you know engaged, um, they, they just saw what was going on with the singles and saw the relationships and saw what some difference that that was being made and were kind of brought along. But I think it is important to not try to do everybody because it, it's so diverse, and even even from young professionals to uh, you know folks that are working 60 hours a week. Um, in, in a fast food chain. Um, sometimes you have to focus on the, the workers at the fast food chain, and God will bring the others that, you know, if, if there's a young professional that needs to be connected there, he'll, he'll bring that. But I think you need, you need a who. You need to ask the question, who is it that, that I'm connecting with? But I think that, that's a good point. So any other things kind of come up through? The questions that you that you answered, or anything that anything that I've shared. Uh, what's what's been your experience? Um, are you in the middle? Of, uh, go ahead. Um, well, something that you said that really stood out to me was the mention of Carolyn. Mm. Um, so she's probably all over right now. Um, yeah. From a pretty you know very well educated area in. New Jersey, um, pretty affluent and things like that, and uh, have four of my friends in the past, well, five people that I know in the past two years have died. Um, just as recently as January, the last person who died from heroin overdose. Um, college graduate, working as an accountant. Um, and what I've seen is a lot of my friends, um, they believe that they're going to achieve satisfaction through um, money, a career, whatever else. And right. so they've graduated from college, they get this job, and they get everything that they've worked for, right? But they still feel like there's this emptiness. So when work is over, you know, the, where are they after work at night? They're at the bar. 
for either on the mm-hmm. weekend while they go to the big bars in the city or Atlantic City or wherever. Um, and they're doing anything to try to get another high, get another buzz, and, and some people yeah. take it. A lot of people take it as far as, as the heroin thing. Um, but yeah. I guess one positive that's come out of that when my last friend died, um, I just, I got fed up and I just posted this long status on Facebook about it. Um, and I had like over 100 people that reposted the status. Hmm. Um, and people kind of started banding together because you realize that there is this, there is this need that people have um, and they're looking for different ways to fulfill that. Um, and we know that what the real answer to that is. The question is, how do you communicate that? And I think you really hit on it, is just starting with building relationships with people. Because if you want mm-hmm. them to hear that, um, they're, they're a lot less likely to hear it than they are to see it in you mm. when you have a relationship with them. That's a so good point. So we started a Young Adult Fresh Expressions. Um, we're going to have our first, we met with them, and we said, you know what, let's just meet and just figure out what are your past experiences of church? What did you like? What didn't you like? What would you like to see going forward? Because we said we could have come up with all these ideas ourselves of what we can do, but let's let them decide collectively on the net community as well what we all want to do. And we're going to get together for the first time after that um, in a couple weeks, and we're just going to hang out and get to know each other better. We decided that was the first thing, is to just... Let's get to know one another better, build relationships with each other, um, and let that grow, build the community, and get to that evolving worship eventually Right. on their terms rather than our own terms. So. No, I think that's awesome. Um, yeah, because I think, like I, like I said with the movie, sometimes we have, like, I have the best idea how I'm going to go out and reach people, and no, it's not what the, what the young adults that you're reaching out to, what they really want. You know, maybe it is, you know, yeah, asking the question, what would, you know, what could I do to, uh, you know, let's, to do something fun or just, just hang out? Where do you see this, this going? And, and I think just providing that opportunity and the space and the time to do it. And it takes time. Like, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. That's the thing. You have to be willing to put in some yeah. careful amount of time before it ever gets to a place where... Yeah you're doing Bible study or something. Not that it can't get there sooner mm-hmm. with some people or whatever, but it might be a while before anything like that ever happens. And yeah. Are you okay with that? Yeah. And it's stressful too. Yeah. I mean, we had a, a meeting at the, our, a, a basically come on out to the Market Street Pub in downtown Denton the one night and we called it Conversations. Mm-hmm. That was the title of it. Come out for Conversations. And that's all it was. And I think at the, this was like the third time. So at the end of it, we asked, you know, what turns you off from church? And, oh, my gosh, people are like, wow, this and that, and the stupid Christians you see on the TV. And it was just like they needed the space to do that because mm-hmm. ha- it's been here. You know, so, but it was interesting to hear that and, uh, and then be in prayer about, okay, well, you know, these folks have so much anger inside them or, you know, maybe they ha- don't have a church experience, but they know they have a gay friend that just got hurt and they want nothing to do with the people that hurt their gay friend. Um, so it's, it's, it's messy. I think that's the best way to put it. it so, you had a question? Uh, well, I was thought. just going to say, I think one of the big things, too, is um, what resonates with me and is very uh, prevalent in my life with my friends and people I know as a relationship um, is just like when they talk about heroining. I think one is um, this odd place a lot of times of seeking relationships and, you know, 
half your friends may be getting married and half aren't, and, mm. you know, and just this, yeah. you know, am I ever going to be loved by anyone else in this world? I, you know, I don't want to be dependent upon my parents' love as much anymore. I want to find that person to love. And right. I think there's a lot of this seeking those relationships, even so much so that they become blind of the relationships they want with in their life, mm. whether it's with their parents or their friends. Yeah. And so I think that that relationship piece is so key in saying, you know, um, there is a beauty that comes from being in such a healthy relationship with God that, yes, it's still nice to have these other relationships, but it's not the thing I need it. You know, it's actually a blessing of these relationships and that, um, you know, then you truly, you know, as Christian, it would sound you truly love yourself too. You're able to really love yourself. And so being dependent upon God's love this comes from person. I'm very, very, very dependent upon other people. Like I feed off of my relationship with other people. Um, and it took me a long time and a lot of time to learn that dependency just upon God and yourself. Um, but the beauty that comes from that, that no, no matter if at that week you feel that every other relationship um, is not in a good place, you still feel that you're not alone. I mean, that I, I think that's so prevalent for young adults because of no matter where they are in life, um, they're just seeking of that relationship piece. So pointing them to the ultimate relationship um, so that they can have healthier relationships with other relationships. Yeah. So, so good. Yeah. And, and I think, like you mentioned, also being transparent. Mm-hmm. Sharing with someone, I know, you know, maybe I don't know exactly how you feel, but there, there's this, this one gal that comes to mind. Um, uh, she's 26, and every, like, other sentence is, oh, I'm never going to get married. I'm going to be the lady that lives with the cats in the house. And, uh, you know, I'm never, I thought I'd be married with babies by the time I was 25. And it's, it, you, you know it's constantly on her mind. Um, but being able to step into that and say, I felt that way too. And, and that's huge. It's like, really? Like, I'm not the only one? That's, and, and maybe there's not a direct answer. You know, I'm not going to say, okay, here, that's your husband over there. You're going to get together. But it's just, it's, it's being there and, and available. Um, and then there's a bond that happens through that. And, and saying, you know, and, and even to the point of, you know, okay, well, I'm not going to go bar hopping with, with you guys. And somebody asks me, well, why? Well, you know, because I, I follow Jesus. And it's like, what? You just, you decided not to go have this really awesome time and, and you know, get home and, and throw up all night. <laughs> but, um, but there's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. What, how do you do that? And that happens. But, um, especially, I was talking to some folks about boldness. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're, uh, especially like a new Christian, it's kind of like, you, you step into things and it's, you, you have all these other people around you all the time being like, why do you change? Why do you look different? Why do you do this? And I said, just, just tell them that just, you know, Jesus just did something. You know, like in Jeffrey's words, yeah, G, you know, Jesus, he's like, life is foggy. Don't make plans, but follow Jesus. That's his little thing.
Fresh Expressions is a worldwide movement of everyday missionaries who want to see churches thrive in the places we live, eat, work, and play by leveraging the creativity and endurance of the inherited church. To learn a simple five-phase process for starting a new expression of church, go to freshexpressions.com backslash how to start. Season three is brought to you by FX Connect, an online community full of other church leaders passionate about reaching new people in new places. Access our entire library of practical and inspiring training materials and connect with other church leaders at fxconnectus.org. Season three of the Fresh Expressions podcast is hosted by me, Heather Jalad. It's edited and produced by Jeanette Statz, Kathleen Blackie, and Chris Morton. Our national director is Dr. Christopher Backert. If you have learned something or been encouraged by this podcast, please help us spread the word. You can give us a review on Apple Music or Spotify and share this episode on social media. Now, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that his ways may be known on earth and salvation among all nations.